Hello, music lovers from Bangkok, Thailand. I'm Scott Coates, and with me in Calgary, Canada, is Darren Scott. We're two members of the Sonic Collective. On this episode, we're continuing our focused topic series, chatting with none other than Sam Roberts of the Sam Roberts Band. So, Darren, how did you originally get into Sam Roberts Band? Scott, I got into Sam Roberts Band, uh, well, just called Sam Roberts uh, back then, uh, back when he first did his We Were Born in a Flame album. Uh, it was massive on the charts here in Canada. I know by then you had moved to Thailand, but uh, uh, they he had some massive hits on that album that just were on the radio all the time. And maybe to his de- detriment a little bit, uh, they were overplayed, you know, a lot. And I think a lot of people got a, you know, a taste in their mouth that maybe he was a bit too poppy or just kind of a one hit wonder type band. But uh, he just continued to deliver, like puts out great songs. He's an amazing songwriter. It's definitely power pop rock, but he can like pump it out. And you know what? Most people love that kind of music and he just seems to nail it over and over again. But that was, uh, you know, kind of my first experience with Sam Roberts band for sure. What about you, Scott? I had come back to Calgary in the summer of 2003 and I was doing some work at a friend of ours bar. And I now know that a few songs I was hearing on heavy rotation on the music at the restaurant and bar were Sam Roberts, but I didn't really know who they were at the time. And then living here in Thailand, I mean, I wasn't hearing them on the radio, but some reason in about 2010, I stumbled upon Sam Roberts and I've been listening to them fairly solidly since then going through the whole back catalog. And in fact, I selected, we were born in a flame as one of my musical choices back a couple of years ago. And I think overall we, we enjoyed it a fair bit. So anyway, Back up just a month or so ago, October 2020, the band released All of Us. And we were listening to it and and enjoying it and thought, you know what, let's see if Sam would chat with us about the latest release. So he was super kind, connected with us, and we had a really nice discussion about his approach to writing, what it means to be Canadian, and the challenge of releasing new music during COVID. So let's uh, get into it. We're delighted to be joined today by Sam Roberts of Sam Roberts Band, who joins us online from his home in Montreal, Canada. Thanks for joining us, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. Thank you. Yeah, so we kind of did some digging and reading the back history to remind ourselves all about you and the band, and you've recently released All of Us, which we'll discuss soon. But first, we're going to look back a bit, and you've been putting out major label releases for about 18 years, I think. So what is it you still love about creating and performing music after all these years? Uh, I think, you know, first of all, I'm not qualified at this point to do anything else with my life. Music is a bit of an all-in scenario. You can't get into it in the first place unless you've put all your eggs in that basket. You know, I guess, yeah, like you say, 18, 20 years down the line, you find that it still requires that same level of dedication and ambition and it, that can that can apply to so many things that are involved in this sort of idea of a life in music. And certainly from a songwriting perspective, it still requires all of my attention and all of my focus to get to the kind of place when I'm writing a song that I feel is digging deep enough, challenge yourself to push yourself to find good music in yourself uh, and then also, yeah, going on tour and, and performing with the kind of urgency and desperation that a band ought to muster on stage every night. So I haven't really noticed, it's not like I haven't noticed the years going by, 
although you, when you present it that way, it, it sounds like a staggering number to even to myself that we've managed to survive this long uh, doing those things. Yeah, the fire's still burning, you know, and and the drive is still there to again just see what else we're we're capable of doing. Yeah, Sam, in 2011, you released Collider, and along with it, you changed your name from the Sam Roberts uh, to Sam Roberts Band. I guess I'm just curious. I don't know the story. Why and how did that change come about? Well, I think it was, it's so funny how a four-letter word, you know, adding band on the end of it, uh, it seems so insignificant, but it meant the world, I think, to myself and my bandmates in just acknowledging the fact that they play a big role and always have. It, it wasn't just like in 2011, they started to become more involved in the process. They were always involved in the process, you know, whether it was making records to, you know, especially on tour, when you watch our band on stage, there's not just a spotlight on myself and the other guys are sort of laboring away in the shadows. You know, they are very much uh, front and center. It just felt like it was time and long overdue at that to acknowledge their their efforts and the role they play in the band. Very cool. Well, well, Sam, I, I read that you were born to parents from South Africa who immigrated to Canada. And I believe you were very, very young when you immigrated to Canada. Is that right? No, I was born here. I was the first. I was they had just arrived a few weeks prior and I was born uh, I was the first person from our family born in Montreal in Canada okay well I'm wondering like having parents as immigrants did that influence your songwriting or your view on what it means to be Canadian at all uh, yeah and it's hard to overstate just how much it's played a role I don't think I was quite as maybe conscious of it growing up I mean, I knew that, you know, like anybody whose parents come from somewhere else, you know that you kind of have one foot in this new world and the other half of you is in this in the old country. And and in this case, I, I kind of learned about Canada at the same way that my, as my parents were learning about Canada. And definitely sort of that experience of watching your parents learn about winter, how to put put snow, clothes on for for winter and figuring out which way the seam on your toque is supposed to go, you know, and of course you wear it sideways half the time and, you know, trying to get your kid into his first set of hockey equipment in 1979 and buying him a Boston Bruins jersey in Montreal during the height of the, oh, during the, height oh, of the oh, Bruins, no. Bruins-Habs rivalry. I was a Nordiques fan. Well, oh, wow. I wasn't even allowed to watch Nordiques games. They were, they, my parents thought it was just, it was like a bench clearing brawl every single time they played each other. So it was, it was, oh, yeah. it, it took, you know, WWF wrestling and put it to shame basically. But, uh, but yeah, you know, and in terms of later on and how that affects songwriting and, and obviously your story and how you've grown up is a huge part of uh, where you approach finding art in yourself or music in yourself. Uh, and and even on a more sort of overt level, they brought over all these great records of South African music that I still to this day I consider it I don't you know the biggest part of my musical diet I would say amazing bands from from the townships that uh, just created a music to me that just I don't know I it uh, it sparked something in me and made me want to write music so it had it it played I, it, again like I said it's hard to downplay just how much of an effect it had on me. 
What are a few albums that influenced your musical tastes early in life? Paul Simon's first solo record was, you know, with me and Julio down by the schoolyard was always on on repeat around the house. And then he went and took his own sort of, you know, unique sensibilities and mashed it together with all this South African music that I was had grown up listening to and, and came up with this record that uh, nothing short of, of life changing for, for me. Mm-hmm. I, on the flip side, one thing we've talked about is uh, guilty pleasures. What would you say one of your guilty pleasure Oh my Man. God, I've, <laughs> I've been trying to make this playlist for my kids that gets us from Montreal. We, well, when, there's, when there isn't a global pandemic, we try to go out to Nova Scotia by car uh, for the last couple of weeks of every summer. Yeah, and uh, that's like our our family getaway. And uh, I've been trying to get us a playlist that gets us to Nova Scotia and back without repeating any songs. So of course, this is a huge musical journey that you have to go on. This is a very roundabout answer to your question. But about a ten hour drive. I'm from Prince Edward Island, and I know Montreal. The PI is twelve hours. Exactly. So you know, <laughs> yeah. we're, and we we stop in PI often on the way. We'll we'll do a little side uh, detour in that process of trying to make this playlist. You realize that you're going to have to go through various sort of uh, musical periods and it can't always be you can't throw in something from like 1981 and then something from 2007 so you have these phases and these these kind of eras that you focus on and then you try to move it along you know so one of them a, a big chunk of it is 1980s pop music that I grew up listening to and I came across uh, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley and I found myself knowing every word and unable to help sing full yeah. voice I'll go with that I don't even know if that's a guilty pleasure because it's, it's such a solid tune but uh, it is what it is well just just before we get to the the new album, I've got to ask you about a song that I absolutely love uh, from you guys from the We Were Born in a Flame, the Canadian Dream. How did that song mm-hmm. come about? I've listened to the lyrics super carefully. I think I have an idea, but can you give us a wee bit of background on the Canadian Dream? We we live in the shadow of our of our big and loud neighbors to the south with this idea of the American Dream, this sort of notion of limitless possibility that sort of is the birthright of every American, and and as a Canadian. And then we got, you know, to talking about this earlier, trying to figure out what it means to be Canadian. I think we we ask ourselves that question more than a lot of countries do. And I think rightly so. It's part of what I think is great about this country is that we don't stop learning about ourselves and we don't stop trying to push ourselves in for, not just forwards, but in better directions. Obviously, we've got a, a lot of work to do, and I think this song is is an acknowledgement of that. It's a, it's an acknowledgement of that that process of trying to come to understand yourself, but also through the things that make us unique, us and the Siberians, you know, uh, in terms of having the winter also play a part in the soul of, of the country. And, and there's a, instead of that loud, you know, you know, chest thumping form of patriotism, there's times here where it's more of a quiet contemplation and i think the winter the idea of the winter lends itself to that i haven't thought about that song to be honest with you in a really long time and i'm trying to if you'd asked me in 2001 america had just no 2002 the states had just invaded iraq there was a there was very much a sort of you're either with us or against us Uh, there wasn't there wasn't room in the world at that point for any kind of dissent the song was much more political than to me than mm-hmm. it is now. The idea of shouting out, spelling out socialism at that time felt like a much, you know, sort of riskier move than it does now. Yeah, it's it's on a lot of 
my playlists and I listen to it over and over. So anyway, I mean, let's get to the the new album, All of Us, which came out in October. Where and when did you write this album? Uh, I wrote it right here in this room. This is the basement of my house. This is where I do all my writing. So I spent a couple of years down here and got really pale, emerged after a while with songs for a new record. But we'd come off the road from our previous record, uh, Terraform, and we we toured that. We pushed the touring probably another six months longer than we usually would because touring has become essentially the only way for a band to survive financially these days. So we just kept going with that record. And that kind of puts you into a, I don't want to say puts you on your back foot, but uh, by by stalling the, the the creative process by that six months, you end up finding yourself playing catch up a lot of the time. And I needed to step away too, just having played so much music. So you got to give yourself a little bit of time to clear the air. And then finally you get down to, to writing for a record. This time around, it just felt like we couldn't rush it because we're sort of behind in this imaginary schedule of ours, that, that the record had to be the right thing. So yeah, I, I just kind of wrote until I felt like it was got to the place that it needed to be. But I, I think it was the first time that I didn't allow that sort of the pressure of the schedule to kind of dictate when you say, okay, this is done now. It's just like, no, just keep writing until this feels like it's coming from the heart. And when it when it's there, okay, then we'll, you know, go in and record it. Yeah, interesting. And and I mean now in this modern time, like how did we know it was written before COVID, but how did COVID COVID impact your ability as a band to you know collaborate and complete and get the album released? Well, we just finished recording it right before uh the first lockdown in March. So mm. we we squeaked it in right right under the wire, you know, uh, which was very fortunate because I think we would have still been working on it, to be honest, you know, uh, via Zoom <laughs> uh, or whatever recording sessions, you know. In terms of releasing the album, it's definitely forced us to think outside the box and uh, use tools like this, you know, get the word out by by speaking to whoever will, will listen. And a lot of conventional journalism has gone, uh, unfortunately, the way of the dodo these days. And, and uh, a lot of the sort of music writing staffs have been have been cut out of newspapers and things like that. So it, it really does come to finding people who are passionate about talking about music. So, so a lot of what we've done during the pandemic has been to try to find those people, find those champions who will go out there and, and spread the word that there's new music to be heard. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, the business is touring now. So you release an album. How do you measure success when you share a new album with the world now? What's your measure of success? I don't know. We're finding that out. That, you know, I mean, the thing too is that it's been changing anyway. Like not just because of the pandemic that, you know, we were just talking about how touring is the only way for a band to essentially make a living. That has been the case for over a decade at this point. So that idea of success and is, is very difficult to pinpoint because there's, yeah, we we're joking about having a platinum record on the wall, but it, it is a relic, you know, we won't get any more of them. And, uh, you know, but it's true. We don't sell records anymore and we won't be getting platinum or gold records anymore so how do you measure it then because that's such a nice way to quantify you know how a record is is doing and now it's it's hard to say you know do you how many subscribers you have on your youtube channel or how many followers you have on one of your social media platforms ideally it's how many people are still showing up to your gigs i mean i think that's probably the closest way you know are you still able to go out and play shows and get people to out to your shows get people to buy 
tickets to come and see you. But when you take that away because you've got a pandemic on your hands, then you, then the question goes to a deeper level, you know, and I don't think we have an answer for that just yet. Uh, you know, the all of us, uh, the you know, the video for all of us was by uh, What Gifts Jordan Allen. Uh, you've now worked with him on several projects. I guess what drew you to uh, Jordan's style and, and the art? And I mean, your album art is always fantastic, too. Well, thanks. And yeah, Jordan is Jordan's just a he's a whiz. I don't he he's he's got such a. Uh, fluid, creative mind, the likes of which are, you know, are, are hard to find there. And he can tackle any, any subject, any challenge and put, put a, a unique spin on it. I love that when you take a song and you give it to someone who's working in a visual medium and they, they then show you back your own song in a way that you never imagined it, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's what somebody like Jordan can do so i'm always just and we, we never we we try not to give him any direction whatsoever about what we want and just sort of say okay well what do you hear when you or what do you see rather when you hear this and and uh he just comes back with these amazing things and then when it comes time to make another video or you know it's like okay i wonder what now it's like the first question it's like i wonder how jordan sees this so he's been absolutely instrumental and like you're saying like how do you release a record in these times well you find people around you who can do amazing things with limited uh resources and and go and and make something special out of it yeah and so you didn't even influence him on the the montreal canadians little clip in there (laughs) that was all him you know that's uh that I love it when when it's not like I've made any secret about being a Habs fan for sure, but uh, over the years, so but uh, yeah, I guess he did his homework. I saw you recently performed a socially distanced drive-in show in Toronto. What was that experience like? Uh, it was, you know, we were so excited to ha- first of all just have a show to be booked to play. You know, something that we do all the time, and I guess we've taken for granted at points over the last twenty years, but to actually be able to get up there in front of an audience when you didn't think it was going to happen was pretty amazing. And then it starts to settle in that, oh, wait, it's going to be an audience of automobiles. And how do we deliver a show when you don't get anything, any of the usual feedback? But, uh, you know, I think the people in the crowd were also just as excited to be out there, not having been able to go to a concert, not having been able to have just a night out with their friends or their family, that they somehow made us feel like we were Back way back in 2019, playing a summer festival, they they honked and they flashed their, their high beams and they put their windshield wipers on and uh, you, we felt the love for sure. So, I mean, at this point, is is the album going to tour or do you just have to sit and wait? Any sorts of plans at the moment? Yeah, Scott, I'm not sure, man. I I, I think that if things go well. And I think we're saying that about everything. We're all saying that about regardless of whether you play in a band uh, or, you know, are waiting to go on tour, we're all just hoping that things go well first and foremost. But given that, if we do get a chance to go on tour within the first, say, six months of 2021, then we will. But after that, you know, an album is only new for for so long. And then there's that other part of you that you can't just turn on and off, which is the, the need to do something new. And to, and then like we were saying earlier on about how when you do push the touring side too far and you take away from the creative side, it can it can sort of, uh, it, it does play a role and influences it quite a bit. So I, I hope that I can, we can find a balance between the two, go and tour this record, play it, and then start thinking about what the next chapter is going to be you know our celebratory post-covid album a real you know it's going to be like a real 
80s style free for all <laughs> hair metal free for yeah. all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's hope that happens. Uh, as mentioned, when we were just chatting before we started the show here, I have kids similar in age to yours, uh, nine and almost 13. Kind of on a personal note, I mean, I felt lucky to spend more time with them during the pandemic mm-hmm. and you kind of forced to, but I feel like it's made my kids closer and their family a bit closer. I'm just curious. You're usually out touring probably more, but now you've got this time with the family. How's this time affected you and your family at, at home? Yeah, we're, we, we're still all talking to each other. We have one more child and that tips the balance. You know, that's just the one, the, the two, if it had just been two of the three, for sure. Yeah. No, no I, you know, it's been, it, it was hard when they were at home and we were homeschooling which I don't know if you went through that out in Alberta or yep. in, in Bangkok, but uh, we had them at home for, for the three months. And I think that, that, that that's when it really started to sink in. Uh, and I was glad to not be on tour at that point, definitely, uh, to be able to help out with this, yeah, the math homework and the geography and, and just try to make their lives feel a little bit closer to, to mm-hmm. normal. And then, but I'm sure they're wondering, like, is dad going on tour anytime soon, man? Because he's just, every time I go around a the corner, there he is, you know? <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's for sure. It's a, it's a, it is a, an opportunity to kind of spend, spend more time together. And it's just the problem in Quebec, we can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you're literally sort of at home all the time. I mean, the summer things kind of loosened up a little bit, but they've tightened back up again. So uh, yeah, we're spending a lot of quality time together for sure. Cool. Well, I want to thank you for releasing a new album. Um, you know, I listened to it on a road trip uh, here with my wife a few weeks ago, and it's bands like you and then ACDC's got one coming out. I feel like if there was ever a time we need our bands to put out some kick-ass music, it's right now. And I've enjoyed this one. And if for some reason someone listening hasn't listened to all of us, how can you describe the album? What can people expect from all of us in that journey? It really is an album about I didn't write it about the pandemic. I finished it just before this happened, but it is an, it is an album about hope and it's about looking into your own life, into your own memories and finding the things that you need, the light in there that you need to push forward. So in a strange way, even though it was written in, I mean, we needed those same things in 2018 and 2019. The world was already revving at, uh, you know, some pretty heavy RPMs at that point and teetering on the brink of any number of different precipices. And then this sort of 2020 just felt like it just kind of tipped, tipped the scale completely. So this record was written in response to that, our own need for, for hope, but also being able to look inward and finding it there. If I'd said something like that in 2017 or 20, I, it would have it wouldn't have rung as true to me but I really do feel like that's what people need in their lives now and uh, we've been pushed to a limit that I don't think any of us ever anticipated having to live through and 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 oftentimes it's music that can provide that little bit of solace or direction or comfort uh, and I hope this record is is that to anyone who who can find it in it yeah, Sam, thanks so much. Uh, I like that. Look inward for hope. That's a good way to uh, wrap this up. And we want to thank you so much for your time today, Sam. Uh, you know, it's just been great talking to you and great to catch up with uh, fellow Canadians and promote music in this in this tough time when we, we have to promote it because we can't go out and see it live. Well, guys, yeah, like I said, uh, th- we have to thank you for uh, taking your passion and helping spread the word. 
because it does uh, does the world of good for uh, for all of us musicians. So we really appreciate it. Thanks, Sam. Well, that was a fantastic conversation, and I can't thank Sam Roberts enough. Uh, for me, I, I really liked uh, that he was just very authentic and really answered thoughtfully to all our questions. And uh, I like, too, I mentioned in the interview that we have similar age children. Uh, he has one in the middle, but uh, I think he has 9, 11, and 13, and I have a 9 and almost 13-year-old. So uh, I like that. And it's funny during these times when you talk about being uh, segregated from everybody during COVID and how your family reacts. And I was always impressed because my kids have gotten along better and my family, I think, has grown closer. And to me, that was an interesting part of the interview that came out when you're talking to, uh, you know, this uh, famous Canadian rock musician. So I really liked that. What about you, Scott? What did you what did you take from that? Just a super nice down to earth guy who was really open about his story. You know, um, when we started talking, we said, Hey, is there anything that you don't really want to talk about? And he said, no, let's just see how it goes. And you just realize that everyone's got their job and they're regular people. And he was a regular guy. It was kind of funny because you and I both have nice looking podcasting mics. And before we started the official interview, you and I kind of looked at our videos and mentioned, Ooh, your mic looks good. And as soon as he came on, you know, being a pro musician, he actually made the comment like, ooh, you guys have some nice <laughs> pro mics. And it turned out he was just using like Apple earbuds or something. So we were kind of kidding with him that he might want to get his act together and get a, a more pro mic if he really wants a career in this thing, which was funny. And he just thought that was was pretty funny. Um, what are your impressions of the latest album, All of Us, Darren? Yeah, All of Us. I mean, Sam Roberts and I mentioned earlier that uh, he just continues to be just an amazing writer. Uh, I read another article, I believe it's in the Montreal Gazette, uh, look that one up as well just recently out about how he sets time for himself and he approaches it almost like a job and he's like i'm gonna write from you know nine o'clock till noon today and I, he sets deadlines for song and stuff anyway amazing songwriter and i think uh here in canada uh, a little bit before the i like the way you talk about the future was released a few months back so that's been on the radio so i'd heard that coming but i gotta say i was super impressed like first track wolf tracks i re really really liked um i just thought it was just a cool song uh it definitely it's funny because he wrote this before the pandemic but it's kind of mm -hmm. hit the moment and he even mentioned that too in another interview about how uh, they went back and re-listened but still felt it held up uh yeah, interesting. I also really liked uh, Ascension and All of Us, uh, and there's videos by those, by What Gifts, I, I, uh, an amazing, talented artist from uh, Toronto named Jordan Allen. Yeah, I just, this, this track drew me right back into Sam Roberts, and maybe I'm a little starstruck because we got to interview him, but he was a really good guy. He's an amazing songwriter, and I just, I just really thought the album was fantastic. So what about you? What were your thoughts on All of Us? Actually, what I'm enjoying about it is that it's growing on me. I'll admit, I listened to it first in October on a road trip with my wife here in Thailand. And I thought like, this is all right. And then we listened to it a second time on the road trip. And I thought, yeah, this is all right. And each time I've listened to it, it actually has grown to me and I like it more. And it seems to be becoming a stronger album. And I kind of find the albums I like the most are the ones like that, that kind of draw out over time. I really like Ascension. I mean, you can just mm -hmm. imagine that being played in a stadium spellbound. I really love the dreamy quality, but you know, something I like about this album and all Sam Roberts albums is that I, I feel they're like done in the traditional sense of an album, you know, from back in the seventies and eighties where songs are woven together in a particular order they take you on a, a on a on a real journey, right? And the, the 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 songs are better listened into that order. And there's no stinkers. Like every song on this is listenable. I don't find myself wanting to skip. 
And again, it's just growing on me. So I really like it. I think it's a solid, solid entry. And again, for me, at first I was like, yeah, it's okay, but it's definitely growing on me. I think it's a really, really strong release. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, and I agree. There's not a stinker on there. You could put this album on and just vibe in the background. It, it's great. Uh, like I said, very approachable, but fantastic writing uh, and just great rock music. Thank you so very much for Sam chatting with us. Uh, we're very appreciative. Uh, we hope you're able to tour the album in due time. But, you know, for now, be sure to search for all of us on streaming and purchase platforms and, you know, buy an album. Now is the time to support music and especially live music and Canadian music more than that. Find a way to do it. Support that. Uh, and to listeners, thank you very much for joining us on this musical journey. We'll be back with another musical exploration real soon. For Darren Scott and Scott Coates at the Sonic Collective at thesoniccollective.com, we're out of here.